And so these kids are not, um, not the only young folks that I'd like to hear from today. I know in the last little while, we've had a number of people that have graduated from high school. We've had people that in the last academic year have graduated from college and from, uh, for, with all kinds of different degrees and people who have graduated from trade schools and people who have graduated from home schools. So I'm going to, because it is here, it's, it's June, uh, it's a good time to recognize our graduates. A lot of them are not able to be here because school got out and now life is happening. But if you are a graduate this year, if you've graduated in the last eight months, from some program. I'd like to invite you to please come up here and join me and Pastor Steve on the stage. Would you please come? We'd like to pray for you and kind of bless you. I'm not sure. I don't see anybody hopping up quickly. Steve, they might have all abandoned us. We've got all these books and all these prayers. Oh, Mallory's going to come and join us. It is kind of one of those things. The last couple of weeks, you've noticed we've had baptisms, a lot of stuff going on. And so a lot of our, uh, a lot of our graduates are elsewhere these days. Mallory, Looks like you are our sole person. We've allotted 12 minutes for this, so you need, <laughs> you've got 11 minutes. No, just tell us, where did you graduate from, and what are you doing next? Do you have a job, or are you going to school? What, what are you hoping for? Okay, so I graduated from high school. I did an online school program, Commonwealth Charter Academy, mm -hmm. um, for the last two years. Like, when COVID kind of hit, I kind of just moved to do online so I could work more part-time, and I think... For the next year or so, I'll probably work full-time with, I'm big into the horses, so I'll probably keep working full-time and trying to find different places to work. All right. And so how can we pray for you these next couple months next year? Um, just that I find, like, a good place to, like, continue education and, like, just, like, basic, like, kind life sort stuff. sort it all yeah. out. Just basic life stuff. Yeah. I think we can relate to that, right? Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Mallory. We're going to pray for you. Um, and Pastor Steve is holding a stack of books. This is, um, this is a book that Mel and I have appreciated. It's called Captivating. And it's just um, talking about biblical femininity. What does that look like? And so I'm going to... Um, it's one of those interesting things. I don't know if, if you've been hearing this from your parents yet, but oftentimes, you know, adulthood seems to be getting later and later as these years go by, but oftentimes that transition from high school to whatever the real world is, you know, is often kind of that transition to adulthood, and so we're going to pray for you and just kind of bless you into that transition. Does that sound all right? All right. Church, can we pray for Mallory? And we do have a handful, not a lot, of graduates this year because it's just one of those years, but can we pray together for Mallory and just pray a blessing on her summer and that the Lord will reveal whatever's next. Would that be all right? Lord, thank you so much. Thank you so much that you've blessed Mallory with the opportunity to do um, schooling and work in a way that has worked for her. And Lord, I thank you that you've prepared a job for her, at least for the summer and the next little while. Lord, show her how you want her to live. Continue to speak to her. Show her what your purpose is for her, what, what this corner of the world is where she can shine her light. Lord, show her that way. I thank you for her parents and her, and her brother and sister who have helped encourage her to this place. Lord, help us as a church to continue to rally around her and all of our other graduates as they step off into whatever the next chapter brings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, Mallory. Yeah. Now, we, we prayed for Mallory, 
And we continue to pray uh, for all those who are in our fellowship and all those who are transitioning in one way or another from, um, from one stage of life, whether it be from high school to college or high school to the workforce, college to the workforce. There are all kinds of stages that we grow through. Um, but I know there are others of you in the room who have a list of things going on, and I was drawn to the passage in James chapter 5. And I seem to keep, there it is. James chapter 5. There are words that I think are good for all of us. This is James 5.13. It says, Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they've sinned, they'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. We believe these words are true. And so right now, I know there are a number of people in our fellowship who are ill, who are sick, or who need prayer. Um, and so I'm going to invite the elders of our church to come forward, and we're going to just kind of act out before this sermon comes up. We're going to act out James chapter 5. Is there anybody who needs prayer? I'm going to step down here on the carpet, guys. Why don't you join me down here? It's a little easier. Is there anybody that needs prayer? I know we've got a couple people with surgeries coming up. I know we've got a couple people that are struggling with relational things. I know some of you are just worn out. Um, I'd like to invite you, if you need prayer, to come forward, and we're going to pray for you and just anoint you with oil. Kate, would you, would you join me? You are having a knee replacement in a week and a half. week and a half, June 29th. June 29th, you're having your left knee replaced. Thank you. You shared that with us last week. And, uh, and in fact, this anointing service today, uh, Kate was a little bit of the, the genesis of that. She said, hey, could you anoint me with oil? I said, absolutely. And so, um, Kate, you are a follower of Jesus Christ, right? Yes. He's your Savior. He's my Savior. And he's your Lord. And so you have given your entire life to him. And now in anointing, you're kind of just giving this whole thing to Jesus, right? Yes. And my nerves. And your nerves. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Hey, this is real stuff, right? The, the, it's not just physical things that we work with, too, right? There's a whole, and, and you're going to be going through rehab and, and all those things. Yes. Would it be all right if I anoint you yes. for God's healing in whatever form that takes? So, Kate, we know that you believe in Jesus, and you've asked for God's blessing and guidance through this surgery coming up in a week and a half. And so I anoint you with oil in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And Kate, I pray for you. We pray for you together. That God would watch over your surgery, that he would prepare the doctors and nurses and all of the hospital staff so that they can perform a perfect surgery. We pray for, um, we pray for your body, for your leg, for your knee, that everything would go well, that your body would respond well to this knee replacement. Mm -hmm. We pray for your heart and for your mind, that God would alleviate any anxiety or worry or fear that might be in your heart right now. Kate, we pray for you and just ask that God's power be upon you. We pray that God will give you strength so that you can face these days. And Lord, we ask that you would help Kate to be up walking well again quickly. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Kate, thank you for coming for prayer. Is there anyone else we can pray for today? Melanie, how can we pray for you today? Um, having surgery on Thursday. 
So just prayer for that and prayer for a speedy recovery. Surgery on Thursday and prayer for a speedy recovery. Um, Jesus is your Savior. He's forgiven you of your sins, and you've given your whole life to him. Melanie, because you believe in Jesus Christ and you've asked for his help, I anoint you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you for Melanie, and I pray that as she prepares for surgery on Thursday, I pray that you would um, prepare her body for surgery and that she'll be able to heal well. I pray that you'll prepare all of the folks who have a part in this, that they would do their jobs well. Lord, we pray for all of the recovery, that you would give her strength, that you would give me strength and patience, that you would bless Bree. And Lord, I pray that through this all, that your spirit would be powerful in our hearts and that we would be a light to someone else. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, Paula. How can we pray for you today? I had COVID a month ago, Mm -hmm. ever since I've been breaking out in hives, and they don't know why. And I pray that they go away soon. All right. Um, I am, I know stress helps, doesn't help, but I've been stressed because I'm moving in next to my mother on Saturday Mm -hmm. to help in her care. Mm -hmm. So your mother has a fracture in her back, is that right? So Paula is moving in with her mother right now to help out. So there's a bit of a stress there. But Paula also had COVID a month ago and started breaking out in hives then. And those hives are still coming back from time to time. Maybe it's stress. There's a lot going on. But we're going to just give that all to God and ask for God's strength as you transition from from house to house. Mm -hmm. But then also strength that your body would quit having this rash, this reaction. Is that right? And Paula, you believe in Jesus, and you've confessed him as your Savior, and you've asked him to forgive you of your sins? Yes. Paula, because of this confession in your faith, I anoint you with oil in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord God, Jesus Christ, our Savior, Holy Spirit, we ask that you would be particularly powerful now in Paula's body and in her life. Lord, give her relief from this rash, from these highs, whatever is causing them, I pray that you would help her to be free. We know that you can take care of skin issues. We read about Jesus taking care of the lepers. So, Lord, we know that it is within your power to heal Paula, and we ask that you would. Lord, also, I pray that you'll help her mother, who's struggling with a broken back, help Paula's mother to be well, strengthen her heart, strengthen her faith. And as Paula moves in to help, I just pray for all of the stuff around that. Lord, you know all of the dynamics. You know Paula's desire to be helpful. You also know how difficult it can be to be moving around from place to place. So, Lord, please help Paula and her family to help each other out and to shine a light for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You're welcome. You're not going to miss a prayer. Hi, Jess. Hi. So I am, I was talking to the ladies over there, I'm kind of in what you call in the meantime, or in, and so I'm in that kind of place in my life, but I want to burrow more into God, just like I want him to set my heart on fire, VBS on, on the closing night, like, oh my gosh, but I want to chase after him, and I just, I want that, I want that extra prayer, like I want to do things for him that I see, and 
So pray me up. Like, I really want it. <laughs> we will pray you up. Could, could you hear what Jess was saying? She was just saying she feels like she's in a little bit of a, a mean time and in between, you know, kind of still figuring out exactly where God's calling you to right. be. But you want to be on fire and you're feeling that, but you're just, you're saying, hey. And like, if he moves me, he moves me. Let me be like courageous enough to be like, all right, God, move me. And, and I'm going to do it because we get comfortable. I, I sometimes don't want to be comfortable, you know? I think we can pray for all that. I think we can pray for that, right, church? All right. <laughs> Jess, is it all right if we anoint you? Absolutely. You believe in Jesus, right? Absolutely. And he's your savior? He is. He's the son of God? Absolutely. And he's forgiven you of your sins? He has. All right. Because of your confession of faith, I anoint you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lord God, I know that you created Jess, and I know that you have a plan for her. Jesus, I know that you've saved her. Holy Spirit, we're praying to you now for a special dose of, of inspiration. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you continue to dwell in Jess in such a way that she can feel you and sense you and be on fire with you. Holy Spirit, I thank you for the faith that you've given so far, for the courage that you've given Jess to live the way you want her to live. Lord, help her to focus even more, to burrow into you, as she said. And Lord, I pray that you would make it clear to her what she's to do if she's here, and where she's to go if she's to go. Lord, we're praying her up right now, lifting her up to you. And Holy Spirit, we're inviting you in to every corner of her life that your will be done. Lord, we love you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, church family. Mm -hmm. Is there anyone else we can pray for? Even if this is your first time and you have no idea who we are, we'll... We'll pray for you. And, and if you can't get up and walk here, just raise your hand and, and I'll come to you. Is there anyone else who needs prayer today? Yeah, I don't know you. <laughs> <laughs> we know each other a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I'm new. Um, coming from the Methodist church. But I got family issues. I just need um, prayer for issues with my family hmm. basically my sister mm -hmm. we're at a rift right now since covid so it's been like two years since i've even talked to her so hmm. i need prayer <laughs> donna yes donna I, I thought so i always get nervous <laughs> when i'm in front of everybody um and so i don't know if you heard donna said oh i'm new <laughs> welcome we're glad you're here donna uh but donna uh, is just struggling with some family issues, especially right now, a relationship with her sister that's not where she'd like it to be. And so um, you believe in Jesus Christ, and he is your Savior. You've asked him to forgive you, and you know that he's the Son of God. Donna, based on this confession of faith and your request for God to take over all things, I anoint you with oil in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we know that you can heal our bodies. We know that you can heal our relationships. And so Donna is giving these relationships to you. Lord, she's done that already. But now, together, we're praying along with her that you would anoint her to be able to be however she needs to be, if that's louder or quieter or more aggressive or more patient. Lord, I pray that you would show Donna how to relate to her sister and her family. And Lord, we pray for her family and for her sister. Lord, we don't know them. and We don't know all the issues. We don't need to. But Lord, you know. And so I, prepare, I pray that you would prepare Donna's sister and family in such a way that relationships can be restored 
and that everyone would grow closer to you. Lord, this is our prayer, that we would all grow closer to you. And so we pray in the powerful name of Jesus Christ, who makes all things right. Amen. 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 Thank you, Donna. Anybody else need prayer today? Can we, um, can we all just pray together that God would uh, continue to be present with us and, and that God would kind of seal up all of these prayers that, that we've been offering? And I know I'm certain that there are prayers that have not been mentioned, and so I'm going to just take a moment and be silent and then let you lift up whatever prayers you may have, and then we'll close this time of prayer. So go ahead, church, and, and pray as you feel led. Lord, thank you for this opportunity to pray to you today. In the scripture, you said that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And Lord, Pastor Steve and I, we know that we're not righteous. And Ross and Reuben and Anthony, as the elders of our church, they know that they're not righteous. Lord, we know that we don't have any righteousness on our own. But Lord, we thank you for what you've done in and through us. And Lord, this congregation, we know that we don't hold any righteousness on our own. We, we don't have anything to be proud of about the things that we've accomplished. But Lord, we know that because you are our Savior, you have done great and amazing things in us and through us. And so, Lord, we give you credit, and we thank you for the righteousness that you've given us. We didn't earn it, but through Jesus Christ, you imputed, you gave righteousness to us. Thank you, God. And so, Lord, now together, as a group of people who are saved by Jesus Christ and covered in his blood, made whole by him and by nothing else, we lift up these prayers, Lord, that you would act in such a way that your will is done, that your purposes are fulfilled, that your intentions are completed. Lord, help us to give honor and glory to you when all of these prayers are answered, whether that be in this life or the next. Lord, help us not to forget these prayers that we've prayed today, but help us to remember our brothers and sisters who are in need. Help those who are going through surgeries and, and through medical challenges, Lord, give them strength. Help those who are struggling with relationships, Lord, give them connection. And Lord, for those who are, who are just wondering exactly about purpose and direction, Lord, show them their path day by day so they can live for you the way that they intend to. And Lord, we lift up all of these prayers in the powerful name of Jesus Christ, and we pray the prayer that he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you, man. It is good to be together. It's good to pray together. 
and praise together, worship God together, live with God together. It's good to be here. Everybody, would you stand up? Stand up and just give a shake or take a breath or say hello to your neighbor. I don't know. Just let, let's just kind of reset and get the blood pumping again, okay? All right, that's enough. <laughs> Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's good, right, just to, to stand up and, and take a break. Even as our hearts and our minds are engaged, sometimes our bodies influence us as well. Um, two quick reminders for you before I dive into a, an examination of Mark chapter 8. Number one, happy Father's Day to all of you who are fathers. Happy Father's Day. Be good fathers. Uh, to all of you who maybe don't have a happy association with your earthly father, remember again that we serve a good, good father in heaven. And he doesn't make mistakes, and he doesn't treat us poorly. He looks after us all the time. So happy Father's Day to you. If Father's Day is a struggle, I do encourage you to continue to pray and look to the Lord for his strength. Now, number two, this is an interesting thing, and it's kind of fun for our schedule. Um, you guys know that we've got this Twin Ponds development right across the road. And even before our church building was built here, Twin Ponds began a tradition of working together as a neighborhood and buying a bunch of fireworks, and sometime around July 4th, setting off those fireworks right over here just to the west of our building, not on our property, but where that retention pond is for their property. And they've been doing this for a number of years, and it's a pretty good fireworks show for just normal people coming together trying not to blow their hands off, okay? Well, they continue to do this, and a couple of years ago, they said, hey, you guys have built a nice church there. You've got a nice parking lot. Would it be okay if we come down and just kind of sit in your parking lot to watch the fireworks? We said, yeah, come on down. And so that's been happening, and they told us, they said, by the way, if your folks want come out and watch fireworks. So here's July 3rd, not on July 4th, but July 3rd, the folks from the neighborhood across the street, a number of them are going to be coming down to our parking lot, especially here on this side of the building, and just setting up lawn chairs, maybe tailgates. And when it gets dark, don't know exactly when that is. You'll have to use your judgment. But when it gets dark, they're going to start setting off fireworks. Here's the opportunity that you and I have. Number one, come on out on July 3rd. There's no official program. We're not preaching or teaching or handing out tracts or anything like that. It's just an opportunity to visit with our neighbors. On July 3rd, come on out and just join the fun. Because here is the real blessing in all this. We've got a lot of friends over in that neighborhood who attend our church or who attend other churches in our town, and so we get to work together spreading the gospel. But we have a great opportunity to just continue to mix with all kinds of people from all kinds of different backgrounds, with all kinds of different beliefs, and we have an opportunity to build friendships and sometimes when you build friendships, then you have an opportunity to share faith, and we'll see how that goes. But July 3rd, come and hang out, get ready for fireworks, and if you're the kind of person that likes to bring food along with you, bring food with you. Seriously, I mean, this isn't rocket science, but I'm just making sure you know that you're invited. If you're the kind of person that loves to bring a grill or a fire pit and puts, do that, okay? There's no, like, real structure to this. It's come watch fireworks. And if you can't figure that out, stay home and be boring. Okay? <laughs> You're all invited July 3rd. July 3rd. Just come and hang out with our neighbors. If you don't know somebody's name, they probably don't know yours either. Say hello. All right. So now today for the last bit of our service, I'd like to look with you at Mark chapter 8. We've been studying through the book of Mark. 
for a little while here this year. And we're here in Mark chapter 8, and, and Mark, this is about halfway through the gospel of Mark. Mark, you'll remember from the very beginning, Mark was not one who followed Jesus around himself, but Mark is largely believed to have gotten a lot of his information from Peter. Peter was the, the apostle, one of the very closest to Jesus. And, and the apostles all told stories about Jesus and what happened during Jesus' life. And so Mark learned from Peter, and Peter told all these stories, firsthand accounts of what he learned from Jesus. And Mark wrote them down. And so now here, 2,000 years later, we have these stories about Jesus as told, written down by Mark, as told by Peter, who was right there in Jesus' pocket the whole time. Okay? So, here in Mark chapter 8, the story continues. If, if you recall, in Mark chapter 7, Jesus is in an area that is not a Jewish area. Right now, he's, he and his disciples are in a part of town or in a town that is not a Jewish town. It's largely a Gentile town. At that time, the Jewish people saw two main groups of people in the world. There were the Jews, those who were descended from Abraham and who were God's special people, the Jews, these are the people who are talked about so often in the Old Testament. That was one category. And Jesus was a Jew, grew up among the Jews, and spent a lot of his ministry life among the Jews. But right now, he's in a place that is more Greek in culture, and the Jews would have called these people Gentiles, because a Gentile is simply someone who is not Jewish, right? The Jews would have looked and said, we are God's people, we're the Jews. Everybody else, it doesn't matter if you're Greek or Persian or Chinese or American or Australian or from some other planet. If you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. Jesus is right now in a Gentile place. That's going to be important as we look at this. Let's unpack Mark chapter 8. So during those days, you might say, if we were writing it down today, We'd say once upon a time, but you have to be careful because that kind of indicates fiction. This is fact. So Mark, as he continues this account, during those days, another large crowd gathered. Since they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him. His disciples are simply those who are following after Jesus. There are 12 who were super popular, but by this point, there are getting to be more other people who are kind of in that crowd that's always there with him. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will collapse on the way because some of them have come a long distance. Let's pause and think just for a moment about this crowd. Think what Mark has told us, what Peter observed, and what Jesus said. There is a large crowd that's been with Jesus for three days. This is a remote place. This is not a place where there are restaurants. This is not a place really where there are even any buildings. They are out in a place where there is nothing to eat if they didn't bring it with them. And I don't know how well you pack, but most people, when they're going out to hear the preacher, don't take three days worth of food along. And so here is Jesus saying, I have compassion on these people. They have been with me three days and have nothing to eat. How long have you ever hung around listening to a preacher and been hungry. It's probably never happened to you. I know there are a few of you who, who get a little bit anxious when it's like 11.47 and 11.50, sometimes 11.55, and you say, doesn't this preacher know that we have lunch plans? I've got to tell you that I have much less compassion on you when I read this passage. Jesus says, they were with me three days, and they're hungry. I'm going to preach till Tuesday. No, I'm not. You'll get hungry. I'll get hungry. I'm already hungry, Jess. 
I'm always hungry. No, but, but you see what's happening here. There's this group of people, and they are so fired up to follow Jesus that they will go out to these rough places. It's just really out in the middle of the wilderness. And it's, it's kind of a region that's not a Jewish region, so it's not like undefined. It's not as if these people have no idea, but it's just a place that is far away from food. They've been hanging on his words, hanging around for three days, so much so that they've gone without food. Jesus says, I'm worried about them because if I send them home hungry, they'll collapse on the way. So exactly how far are they from their homes? We don't know, but far enough that Jesus says it's not healthy for them to go home. His disciples answered, verse 4, but where in this remote place can anyone get enough bread to feed them? How many loaves do you have, Jesus asked. Seven, they replied. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground. When Jesus had taken the seven loaves and given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people, and they did so. They had a few small fish as well. He gave thanks for them also and told the disciples to distribute them. The people ate and were satisfied. Very satisfying meal. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. About 4,000 were present. After he had sent them away, he got into the boat with his disciples and went to the region of Dalmanutha. So here is Jesus. He says, these people, they've been with me for three days. And basically, he says, it's time to send them home, but I don't want to send them home empty-bellied because I'm not sure they're going to make it. Disciples, how many loaves of bread do you have? Seven. All right. Dear Lord, bless these loaves, bless these fish. 4,000 people were fed. Seven basketfuls of broken pieces left over. Everybody went home, and Jesus got into a boat to move to a different area. Now, a couple weeks ago, I preached to you, and we talked about Mark chapter 6, where there's a very similar story, but it's a different story. There, there are some who have said, well, here in Mark 8, where Jesus feeds 4,000, and in Mark 6, where it says that Jesus fed 5,000, those are just the same event told twice. Now, I don't believe that's true. You can do some theological and biblical homework if you want to, to see why those arguments are so popular. But the details here are very clear and very plain. And if Jesus can feed 5,000 people once, he can certainly feed 4,000 people again. So we're going to take this for what it says. Seven loaves and a few small fish turned into enough for 4,000 people who were present and seven basketfuls of leftovers. Now again, we've got these two stories just a couple of chapters apart in Mark. It's impossible not to compare them. In Mark chapter 6, which we read a couple of weeks ago, we read about how Jesus and his disciples were ministering at that time. I told you this account is in a Gentile area. In Mark chapter 6, that was happening in a Jewish area. Jesus was among the Jews and this crowd of 5,000 people. There might have been different kinds of people there, but it was largely a Jewish crowd. And in that story... In that story, Jesus took five loaves. You may say, okay, what's the big deal? I'm getting to something. I'm getting to a point. I'm going to try to land this plane. Hang with me just a couple more minutes, okay? But we're going to look at these numbers because we don't want to get into this whole thing of like the secrets behind the numbers. If we just figure out, let's be careful. But there is symbolism here, and I think it's powerful, 
okay? In Mark 6, Jesus fed 5,000 people, mostly Jewish people. He took five loaves. Five is a powerful number for Jewish folks. Why? Because their identity is in the Old Testament, especially the first five books of the Old Testament. It's called the Pentateuch by some. It's got all kinds of names by others, but it is Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. It is the story of God forming his people, calling his people, giving them the law. And Jesus, when he fed those 5,000, in fact, that was 5,000 men. There were probably more people than that. When Jesus fed them, he took five loaves. Jesus basically says to the Jewish people, I got what you need. You've been relying on the identity that comes from those five books of the Bible. Now Jesus says, let your identity be in me. Because from these five loaves, I will give you all you need. And what's fun is that there were leftovers with that group too. And even though Jesus was feeding 5,000 with only five loaves, a loaf per thousand, if you want to keep the fractions in your mind, there were leftovers. Do you remember how many baskets full of leftovers there were when five loaves fed 5,000 people? How many baskets? Twelve. Thank you, those of you who were listening then. Twelve basketfuls of leftovers. I suggested to you then that, that that matches up very nicely to the 12 disciples who were there. They would have been reminded that there was just enough. But 12 is not just a number that applies to disciples. What would Jewish folk have thought of when they saw that there were 12 basketfuls left over? Do you know why the number 12 is important for a Jewish person? It's huge because there are 12 tribes of Israel. And Jesus, when he fed these 5,000 people with the five loaves, hearkening back to their identity in the Torah, in the Old Testament. For those Jewish folk, Jesus worked in such a way that then there were 12 leftover baskets, a symbol that says, for all of Israel, I've got enough. For all of Israel, Jesus says, I am your Savior if you will turn to me. That was Mark chapter 6. Here we are in Mark chapter 8. Jesus is not among the Jews anymore. This crowd is a little bit of a different one. How many of you have ever been in a place where the crowd is clearly not the kind of crowd that you are used to? I remember a couple of years ago, our church network, it's called AMEC. We were having a conference in here around Lancaster County. And our conference, we invite all the pastors and whoever wants to come from all of the churches that we've got. And we have three churches in AMEC from Oklahoma, out in the country of Oklahoma, out where the cowboys still call themselves cowboys. And it was fun because there was a whole van load of fellows that came in from Oklahoma. And when they got out of their van, they looked a little bit tentative. And I asked them about this after the meeting that night. And Pastor David, David Ween said to me, he said, well, Jesse, to be honest with you, we knew that we were going to be arriving in our boots and jeans and belt buckles and cowboy hats, and we just weren't sure if there'd be anybody here that would be like us. He said, we walked into the conference and we saw boots and belt buckles, and we just felt like we were at home. Well, you might not be a boot and belt buckle kind of person, but you know what it's like to wonder if you're going to fit in at the place where you're going. Some of you, when you were walking in this door today, you were wondering, am I going to fit in here? Who are these Mennonites? I get it. Sometimes we're not sure exactly 
what it's going to be like when we join a group. And, and Jesus was very aware of this. It was different to minister to Jewish folks than it was to Gentile folks. And so now here in Mark chapter 8, Jesus is in a Gentile area. They don't have all the history of the Jews. They don't have the, the five books. Genesis, Exodus, that, that's not their identity. They don't have the 12 tribes. That's not their history. But look what Jesus does. This is interesting. Here in Mark chapter 8, how many fish were there? There were seven. Yeah, now, now we're back in Mark chapter 8, which we read just a little bit ago. Jesus said, Mark 8, 5, how many loaves do you have? Seven, they replied. And seven, almost universally at this time, and the Gentiles certainly would have known this, seven was a number of completion. That's why the lucky number seven, you've heard people talk about that today, that actually has long roots way back through a number of different cultures. The number seven, we could talk about all that stuff for a long time. That's for a different time. But the number seven, a number of completion. And so here, Jesus speaking to these Gentile people, he takes seven loaves and he feeds 4,000 people. And whatever that fraction is, it's not quite as easy as one one-thousandth, seven four-thousandths. John Jones, you are in charge of reducing that one. To feed these 4,000 people, Jesus had seven loaves, and the math is not equivalent because he ends up with how many baskets full of leftovers? Do you remember? What did we read 10 minutes ago in Mark chapter 8, verse 8? Seven basketfuls of broken pieces. Seven loaves fed 4,000 people, and now there are seven basketfuls of broken pieces. What might a Gentile who was just curious, who's asking questions, who, who's kind of maybe looking beyond just what is right in front of their face, what, they, what might they say? What might the headline have read for a clever Gentile journalist? The perfect seven loaves feeds a huge crowd and a perfect seven basketfuls left over. Jesus, the Lord of completion, perhaps. But Mark tells us that among these Gentiles, Jesus says, I'll take enough bread and I'll turn it into enough bread for everybody. Because Jesus says, I am all you need. You stick with me even for three days in the wilderness with nothing to eat? I will take care of you because just like the number seven is complete, I will make complete all those who follow me. Again, we don't want to dive too deeply into the numbers. But isn't that interesting? How Jesus has this way of speaking to people right where they are to get their attention and show them to show us that he's got everything we need. Now, if I had a little bit more time today, we could go on and we would get into the argument in verse 14 and 15 that the Pharisees brought to Jesus, and we could get into verse 17. Oh, one of the things that I was going to say to you was the disciples still didn't get it. This is what we see at the midpoint here of Mark chapter 8, verse 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Jesus says, oh, you guys, you still don't get it. You still don't see. And the disciples kind of said, no, what are you talking about, Jesus? And I was going to tell you all that if you don't understand everything that God is up to, if all you've been seeing is the power and you still don't get it, I would say you are in good company. Because these disciples, they didn't understand everything either. I don't think they put together the twelves and the twelves and the fives and the sevens. They didn't, they didn't get that stuff. All they saw was the power, and they just didn't get it all the time. And church, I would say to you that if all of, your, if all of what you're seeing is God's working, that should be enough to let you trust that God will continue to work. If you have been able to see 
through Mark chapter 6 and Mark chapter 8, that Jesus was at work among the Jews and that Jesus was at work among the Gentiles and that he brought enough, in fact, more than enough. If you're able to see there that Jesus was able to fulfill every need, I hope you can understand today that whatever your need is, Jesus can fulfill those too. You may feel like you are in a barren place. You may feel like you are far away from home. You may feel like you've been following Jesus for a long time and you're still hungry. Well, I want to encourage you to hang in. Because even when you don't understand, if you will stick with Jesus and trust, your needs will be met in God's perfect time. Now, after Jesus fed these 4,000, I wonder how many complained and said, well, if he could do it today, why couldn't he do it yesterday? Could have spared us all this pain. Eh. I know people like that. God's blessings. I mean, it's great, but why not yesterday? Don't know. God said today. And maybe to some of us, God is saying, not today, but tomorrow. And you know, there's a chance that for some of us, Delmar, I appreciate the way that you brought this out in our Sunday school lesson this morning. God might be saying, not even just tomorrow, but it might not even be in this lifetime until things get exactly worked out right. But church, can you trust this Jesus? Can you trust this God, this one who can take a couple loaves and feed multitudes? The question you have to ask is, can you trust that God today with whatever you've got? I believe that you can. I believe that we can. You're going to have to decide that for yourselves. So I hope that you will decide to trust in Jesus. That's my hope and that's my prayer. And I'm going to pray that prayer right now. Can we pray together? Lord, so many of us in this room love you. So many who are watching online, they love you. Lord, we are praying to you. We are crying out to you. Lord, we declare that you are our Lord. Jesus, we declare that you are our Savior. Lord, help us. Help us to trust you. Lord, sometimes our anxieties get spooled up because of the things that we see that don't seem to be happening on time. Lord, sometimes our faith is shaken because of the things that we see that are happening that we wish would not. Lord, we admit that even though so many of us have seen manifestations of your power, Lord, we still fail to trust you sometimes. Lord, please forgive us. Help us in our unbelief. Lord, we proclaim now. Lord, we will trust you. Congregation, if you're ready to trust Jesus with all that you've got, would you just say amen? Lord, we will trust you. We will follow you. Lord, help us to do so well. And Lord, I pray a special blessing on the fathers today. For all in this room who are a father and who are an influencer, Lord, I pray that you would help us to remember that even when we don't understand, we can continue to trust you. Help us to remember how many people are watching us and how many people we can bless with our trust in you. But Lord, we give you everything. 
all of our hopes and dreams, all of our disappointments, all of our joys. Lord, we give it all to you. Thank you, God, for being a good, good father. In your name we pray. Amen. Church, will you stand up and sing our closing song with us? To God alone. Can you take me by the hand? Can you use me as I am? Break me into who you want me to be. When the time is finally right, will you open up my eyes? Show me everything you want me to see. This life is not my own. To God alone be the glory. To God alone be the praise. Everything I say and do, let it be all for you. The glory is yours alone, yours alone. Take the offering I bring. You want more than what I sing. Can you give you every part of me? Turn these pennies into gold. Take this life I call my own until I'm running after your heart. I'm needing to let go. To God alone be the glory. God alone be the praise. Everything I say and do, let it be all for you. The glory is yours alone. We will rise and we will fall, but you remain after God alone be the glory, to God alone be the praise. Everything I say and do, let it be all for you. The glory is yours alone. The glory is yours alone, yours alone. yours alone there's a lot we don't know there's a lot we don't understand there's a lot that doesn't look right there's a lot that does not seem to be turning out the way it ought to Sometimes we miss it, we don't understand, and if you look at the middle of Mark chapter 8, you'll see that just like the disciples, 
Our understanding is not the key to things working out. We serve a Lord who is enough for Jews and for Gentiles to take whatever you've got and feed everybody with leftovers. I hope that you'll go from this place today, wherever you are, wherever you find yourself, being filled up with the confidence and trust that says, God has this. And I hope that as you see things unfold, that you will continue to give him the glory because the glory is his alone. Okay? So church, go from this place, be blessed, and be a blessing. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you much.